slack guy. Hello and welcome to the podcast with me, Dave Elliott. Before we start, I just want to address something that I got a lot of online hate for, a lot of bullying, a lot of trolling, and a lot of abuse um, from last week's podcast. A lot of people getting at me over my alternative take on the Oscars. A lot of people saying that my... Um, decisions on who should have actually won Oscars were wrong as the Academy was right and listen that's fine if people want to do that and want to pass that opinion that's fine if if everyone listens to my podcast is a white old man that's fine I'm sorry that I'm so woke and open to um, new ideas I apologize about that but what I will say is that the the majority of the abuse I received was aimed at the fact that I said um, I was a cinephile and some people don't know what a cinephile is, but it's somebody that loves cinema. And I got abused because I said that I was a cinephile and I couldn't remember the name of Edward Norton because he's such a big shot guy. Hey, has Edward Norton ever won an Oscar? I don't know, but I don't care. And see, if I was doing the Oscars again, fuck Edward Norton. Also, people have said um, in the comments in the YouTube video that Edward Norton doesn't have blonde hair. Well, let me just say from the bottom of my heart, I am sorry. I got that wrong when I said that Edward Norton had blonde hair. Clearly, Edward Norton is a dark-haired guy. Even though I discussed that he had blonde hair in Red Dragon, the film, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because he's got dark hair. So I was clearly wrong that Edward Norton had blonde hair in Red Dragon. I just want to apologise for that. Sorry that my memory of him in Red Dragon was wrong. And see, for those who commented on the video... I'm sorry. I mean, I'm not being facetious. I'm not being sly. I mean that. I'm sorry. And I wish you well. God bless. And on that front, everybody should be feeling positive. You know, we should all be a bit buzzing this week because things are starting to open up again. We're being able to escape. Lockdown is lifting. The world is becoming normal once again. And we are feeling good. Ben, are you feeling good over there? Absolutely. I thought you were supposed to get your hair cut last Thursday. What happened? This Thursday. This Thursday. Nice. Guess what's happening tomorrow? I'm getting an injection for H, no, for the COVID. I'm getting that tomorrow and I'm excited about that because I feel that soon I'll be indestructible again. And now that I'm being injected with this, this virus fighting disease, I will be in line to potentially have a sexual relationship with Bill Gates, especially now that he's splitting up with his wife, which makes me feel pretty good. Now, if Bill's back in the market, I'm letting his little prick go in my skin and I'm getting his... Uh, vaccine in me I'll be feeling some kind of way I'll be feeling great and listen would I leave my wife and my kids and my new dog for 20 for like 98 billion pounds you know what it's one of those things I would have to think about you know people could be like you know you wouldn't you wouldn't leave your kids in 98 billions 98 billion put the money on the table put my kids and my wife on like I was going to say some sort of device. I give her, you know, a million pound drop where I go put my family on one thing and 98 billion on another and I would have a tough time deciding what to press to send into like, you know, a big giant pit of sharks. I was going to actually say a big, um, a big, what's that thing called? It? Shred, a big shredder. What's a, what's a thing called that shreds things? A shredder. You know, would I shred 98 million pounds or would I shred my... I, do, I don't know, I've never been in that situation, so that's all I can say about that. Maybe would, maybe wouldn't, but I'm getting the vaccine and I'm feeling good about it. Things are opening up again, the world's getting back to normal, it's great. And by back to normal, what I think it means is that 
the whole feeling of like togetherness and the whole feeling of like we are one nation, one race of people, we are human, we are mankind all pulling together during COVID is now going out the window because people are able to get the pre-mark again, which to me makes no... I do not know why a Winnie the Pooh nighty is that important that you would get up at like four in the morning to stand in the queue with a load of other <laughs> monstrosities who are also like, I fucking I need that Winnie the Pooh night dress. Like, what else does, does Primark... To my experience of Primark, I buy an item clothing there and put it on once, put it in the washing machine, put in a tumble dryer, obsolete. No longer... Either my tumble dryer just devours it like a hungry wolf or it just shrinks it and then it's a belly top. But let's be fair, I don't need to be flaunting. Like, people aren't going to look at me in a belly top and go, well, that's pretty sexual. You know, they're going to look at me in a belly top and be like, oh, no, why is this guy... This guy's got mental health problems. Why is he out in public dressed like that? Why is his gut... Hanging over his truck. He looks like Onslow from Keeping Up Appearances on a bad day. And that, I mean, that's not a sweet look, but people are queuing up. They want to get into pre. And like, what does pre mark even sell? Like, I don't even know. Bar pajamas. I don't know what they've got in there. Pajamas and just shit stuff. And like, I mean, no offense to um, to Mr. Premark or Mrs. Premark, or if you're one of these tough wankers that say Primark, you know, it doesn't matter. In fact, the matter should never be there. You can order stuff online. Don't go to Primark. Don't be standing in queues beside people to get in there. You know, I mean, the best thing that could happen to Primark was the fact that it went on fire. That was God's way of saying, this is a piece of shit place. This should be set on fire. Now, haters are going to say that it was set on fire due to human error and somebody left a blowtorch on the roof. That may be the case. But in my head, God did that as a punishment for the people you're going to pre-mark. Ideally, if it, if God, like God was in a good mood that day, if he was in a bad mood, he would have blazed it with everyone inside. But he didn't do that. He just said, listen, just go up slowly. you know. And yes, we'll get into a wee bit more chat about God later once we get on to the topic of the DUP. But for now, we're staying positive. We're talking about things opening. And I mean, I went to go to the pub this weekend, which I know on last week's podcast as well as my alternative Oscars, which were 10 out of 10 brilliant, by the way. I am... Um, also talked about having my first drink of the year, which, lo and behold, I did, but it didn't go exactly to plan as I had hoped. Um, my big plan was to go on a nice big walk on Sunday, go in, get a pint at a bar and have a great time. Like somebody going to Primark looking at ID, I got up nice and early, went for my walk, thought I'd be at the, po- the bar for opening times. Somehow the bars are just open at like 11. Now, I don't know what these rules are. But all I know is like you, you can't drink inside, but you can drink outside. But outside isn't outside anymore. Outside is inside and inside is outside. Walls aren't walls and roofs aren't ceilings. And that's kind of a weird way to, to know how to work things. But in my head, I think that who is the person ahead of like planning control? It must be like the Riddler from Batman. This guy comes in and he's just like, like all these bars are like, these are the regulations that you need. You can't have outside it has it can't be inside it has to be outside and outside is inside and inside is outside so what you need to do is it can't be outside but you can't have a roof and no walls have a roof and then walls and a roof and roof and walls and walls and roof it's confusing so whenever people say that so often the the bar owners are like am i is this outside or is this inside am i allowed a veranda am i allowed no veranda is it allowed to be retractable i don't I don't know, it's confusing. So then these guys end up putting thousands of pounds to try to get their premises ready to meet these weird regulations, and they do it. And then the Riddler just comes out again and is like, no, see why you spend thousands of pounds on this uh, this sort of like tarpaulin sheet? 
it's considered inside now. You've made the outside inside and the inside's outside. What about that? And then you're like, why wouldn't you tell me that when it's bad? And also, it's exactly the same as it was last summer when it was fine. And the Riddler's like, yeah, it was fine last summer because summer came past winter and winter is spring and spring is winter and summer. And then you just go, I don't give a fuck anymore. There's thousands down the drain. Open the pubs and let people in. And I feel like now people are no longer just playing ball with COVID. So you may as well let, let us in. You know, let us in. Go for pints. I, now, when I say let us in, will I be going inside? Nah. But other pe- let them in. You know, let the people in. Let them have their pints and we'll all be good. Because I went on a walk and I was ready to go outside and sit in the freezing cold to have a cold pint of beer. Turns out we got there, queues out the door. And I was like, listen, I'm not a pre-marked bitch. I'm not getting in this queue for a pint. You know, I'm just going to wait. Now, was my um, lack of wanting to wait in the queue anything to do with the fact that I had had a drink the night before? Yes. Probably. I went to my friend's house in, well, I say house, garden. Went to the garden and had a couple of beers there. And I say beers, probably in the region of, you know, six to eight beers. Um, and six to eight, not six to eight, because that would be very precise and excessive. But about six to eight beers. And by the time I went home at like six o'clock, um, I, I was fairly toasted. You know, for a man that's not drank all year, I was, you know, Probably uh, a bit of an inconvenience to my entire family, you know. And again, once I got that level of drunk, the two guys that were there in the garden drinking with me, we were texting, being like, "It was lovely, it was lovely to see you again, lads. Lovely to see you." And then they're both like, "What are you doing for dinner?" And it's like, "Oh, I, I don't know, probably get pizza." And then both of them end up getting fucking pizza. And I said to my wife, "It's like I love the." In fact, I tried to be subtle. This is drunk me trying to be subtle. I went, "Listen," she was always like for tea tonight, and I was like, "Oh, what about some garlic bread?" Knowing fine well that garlic bread's accompanied by pizza. It's just rare to just have garlic bread as your dinner. She's like, you, do you want pizza? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, no, nah, you're too fat. You're on a diet, so I'm going to make you some sort of slim world diet. And I, I had that. It was fine. I did kick, kick up a major stink about it. I was like, listen, I don't want this shit because I want pizza. She's like, you'll have the calories. It'll be on your fat belly. You won't be wearing a belly top from Primark. You'll regret it. And then the next day came, and to be fair, as fresh as a daisy, I was I was grateful that I didn't eat the, eat the pizza. So I mean, what I'm saying once, you're probably not said again, is that I think my wife on this in this one occasion, once, hmm, might have been right, <clears throat> but I don't want to say it too loud or too often. But she she was right. Now she did mug me prior to me realizing she was right though because. That day, she had said, listen, I know you're going to have a drink here, your first drink of the month, I know you're, or your first drink of the year. I know you're a hero in many respects, a martyr, if you will. But she was like, listen, I'll do the night feed with the baby. When the baby's up, I'll do the night feed. And you can have a drink, don't worry about it. And I said, great. So then, of course, like clockwork, the child wakes in the dead of the night. Now, by this stage, I'm still drunk. I wake up, I hear the baby crying, because no matter what, I've got these spider senses where it's always me that hears the baby crying first. And when I say spider senses, I don't know if I, I like, as a dad, have ability to just sense my kid in some sort of, like, you know, trauma, ex- traumatic experience or, like, upset, and I hear it, or my wife's just a death bent, and just the baby can scream and scream until naturally you wake up because of this noise. Ah! is not conducive to sleeping and that's the noise my bloody seven month old baby makes she doesn't scream or cry she just shouts like a, like a disabled sheep bah bah and then you go into her and she's like ha 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 
and then you just give her a ball and she goes so she goes from being a disabled sheep to being like a hype man rapper <laughs> and then you go do you want a bottle and she goes yes mate and you go oh just fuck off and then you so I decided right I'll get up with her but I tried not to get up with her because it was blocks I said and why are you going to do the night feed and she just went to me again I wasn't sure whether she was awake or asleep she went you do it and I was like whoa are you, are you still asleep that you're telling me to do it because I mean it's very assertive and I'm quite drunk and she went you're working tomorrow I'll do a night feed then don't worry about it and I just end up having to do a night feed so to somehow lift the seven month old out of bed whenever I was completely and utterly blitzed and I was like this could, could end pretty badly you know it's going to be a problem wasn't too bad got her up fed her gave her the bottle shook her back to sleep no that's not it not sure <laughs> <laughs> gotta gotta be careful. What's rocked her? Rocked her? Not sh- See, this is Ben. Do you shake your kids? No. no. What do you call that? Right. Say they're in your. your we have a wee rocking chair. She's there, like that. And I mean, this is the bottle, by the way. Not like, um. And I'm like there feeding her the bottle, and I'm rocking her, rocking her. Shake. Rock. It's just not shake. Not shaking. Cradle rock. Cradle rock. But what's wrong with shake the, as a phrase? No, but I don't, it's not like shaking her, I'm just like slowly, like, you know, shaking Stevens. It's a bit of like that, you know. I, I rock her, okay, I'm in a rocking chair, we'll say rock. I rocked her to sleep, had the bottle in, and then I started thinking to myself, fucking hell, I, I can fully function pissed. Maybe I should just start being drunk all the time. Because that was the main reason why I wasn't really drinking, was because I had to deal with kids with hangovers and stuff, and I just realised, if I'm always drunk, this is maybe something I can do. So I was like pissed in this moment, then epiphany. I was like, fuck, I should just drink all the time and then life would be great. I'll have a ball. I'd be able to sing whenever I want and people won't judge me. It'd just be great. So I rocked her to sleep. All good, thinking of the dog's bollocks. Now one thing I will say, much like Paul Gascoigne did when he went to get pints in Newcastle that time, when he looked at his all-time worst, in a dressing gown, it was full deck out, that was my style, I was just a block man, in a dressing gown, it was deck out, and I was rocking the baby to sleep, without realising that the strap, like the strap, it's not a strap, it's a belt, on the dressing gown, it's just open, so I'm like, just rocking this baby to sleep, I stand up, I'm like, listen I've got this, she's drank her bottle, she's back to sleep, let's go set her back in her cot, what I hadn't realised, that when I was drunk, my like hand-eye coordination, was slightly off, so I had judged maybe, what normally is like, a, a direct sit onto the onto the cot. You just normally set her and she's asleep. You just set her so gently, just place her really nicely. I had misjudged that I was about probably thirty centimeters above <laughs> where she goes into the cot. So I just got her, kissed her, and went no night. <laughs> and just went, but um, and she woke up. Yeah. So needless to say. My wife had to come in. She shouted at me. She's like, why is your dick out? And I was like, why is your dick out? And she went, I don't have a dick. And I went, exactly. And I said, you're pissed. Go to bed. So then I went to bed. Um, beforehand, though, let's be honest, between you and me, guys, it's a secret. We all keep friends. I did a shit. And that helped me with my hangovers. I got that out of me. Got another litre of water into me. Went to bed. Left the wife for the baby. Haven't shaken it and thrown it from a great height. And that's parenting. That's Parenting 101, that's advice for me, you know, and there you have it, and that's, that's how, I mean, Ben, should, would, would, would you, as, you as a dad, you're an older dad than me, you've been a dad for longer than I have, would you say that you learn a lot from me in terms of parenting, would you look at me and go, you're a real beacon of parenting, or would you sort of try to steer away from my advice? I learn a lot from you, mm-hmm. from what you do, Yeah. to 
then do the opposite of that. Right, okay, so in many ways I am I am an inspiration, but not how I may be. You just let me know what not to do, and I appreciate right, that. Right, okay, uh, let me just ask a question. What age is your oldest child? Seven. Yes, well, mine is three. So I was going to try and say I'm a more experienced father than you, but you're a more experienced father than me by four years, so I can't really say that, so now I'm stuck in a hole. But what I will say is... I'm a more experienced disciplinarian. I maybe not been disciplining my own kids, but I have been disciplining kids <laughs> for years. <laughs> see some of my friends who have kids, see if they speak out of line, you know what they get? Choked out. So that's what goes on. So, I mean, some people will be like, oh, I mean, this leads us on nicely to the next topic I want to talk about. The DUP are trying to stop a ban on smacking. And you know what? Respect. Because I'm the disciplinarian. I know I've never smacked a child. I wouldn't smack a child, but I mean, I would submit them. You know, we put them in guillotine chokes, arm bars. Um, you know, what's a, a, co- a cock, a cock and a cock and quero? Look up a. Ch- There's some move called like a co- cock and the cock and quero choke or something. Or a, I mean, it could be a clutch the cock and queenie. I don't know, but it's something. What is it called? What? Just deleting that search. Oh, oh no, what did you type in? <laughs> oh no. <laughs> ben, I mean, where did it's in your uh, your favourites? But um let me go and see what this the coke it's like I think it's one of those these you know why Brazilian guys do all these submission moves? Coquera Quiera. I don't know. This is like last week when I tried to say at Chiwetel Effajor. Um choke. Let me see if there's something up there. Oh no. It says, believe it or not, on Google, it looks like there aren't many great matches for your search. You know, basically what it is is I've typed in Coquera choke and it's not um uh co Yeah, we can cut this wee bit out while I'm searching here. Coquina clutch, that's it. Alright, we'll come back in again. It's not a cock and queer clutch, it's a cock queen a clutch. And guess what? It's the finishing move of a pro wrestler, Samoa Joe. So I just choke kids out. Basically what it is, is, is a sleeper hold. <laughs> I just put them in a sleeper hold, but he's decided to call it a name with, with potential cancelling slips of the tongue. Like, and one thing you don't want to slip your tongue into is a cock and queer clutch, that's for sure. But this move um, puts you to sleep. And that's how I discipline kids. No, not by striking, but by submissions. And Ben, have you ever submitted a child? No better feeling in the world, my friend. People say, listen, the birth of your child, your wedding day, these are great. When you <laughs> when you submit your first child, whew, that's up there. Now, people are probably going, like, Dave, it's a bit, bit far, a bit weird. Listen, it's all gravy because the only children that I submit are child soldiers in war-torn war, war countries. <laughs> I am basically what I'm trying to say is I'm like a real life expendable, except I don't go in and you know do the guns. I go in and I fight kids. I'm just a guy. I'm like, you remember Dale and Brennan in Step Brothers? Whenever he was made like the white shit, that's me. But in 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 war torn countries with child soldiers. See, you know who Joseph Coney? Why haven't you heard from him anymore? Because I've taken him out and I've taken out his army with Coquina clutch holds. So there you go. I didn't anticipate it going down that route then. But here, I there we are. 
Cinnamon swirl again. You want no, no, listen, cinnamon swirl. Woo! Too much sugar, too much coffee. We get a bit wild. Everyone knows that that's people talk about taking drugs. A lot of um, local podcasters do do drugs before they record. I have a good authority that in. I mean, I don't want to give any any names away because you know I'm not tight. And um, but other podcasts out there with studio space producers. Um, it's not they don't produce podcasts. They produce bags of smoke from their pocket, and they produce bags of gear from in there. Now, you know, I don't want to give another name away, but there's another podcast. Let's just say it. We'll call it for the sake of this: tea with cocaine in it. That's what's going on over there, and I'm glad that it's not in the studio space. The pace and I would be called by me, but listen, I just like sugar and coffee. Makes me feel some kind of way. Sometimes you go down tangents. Sometimes you end up threatening to fight all child soldiers. But it is what it is. You know, and this is what we're all about. And the DUP are trying to do good things. The DUP are trying to keep smacking allowed because they don't want any more, you know, expendable renegade soldiers like me just going off, just fighting children in foreign countries. You know, they don't want that. But, I mean, it's, it's an interesting time for the DUP. They've got... They're, Arlene's been stood down because she was too... I mean, this is an interesting sentence that I didn't think would ever be said, especially on 2020. Arlene Foster's too forward-thinking for the DUP. She is too um, liberal for the DUP. So they're like, listen, the the woman, to- the woman tolerates the gays. Get rid of her. Get rid of her. No no homosexuals on my watch. And, like, she, did, she doesn't even... Like, I wouldn't even go as far as to say Arlene's a big fan of them. You know, she doesn't really like same-sex rights and whatever. She's just not a dick about it, really, in comparison to the other guys. But they've come out and been like, listen, buck her out. It's a woman. How, how dare I take orders from a bloody woman? Her position's in the kitchen as a wife. Which, by the way, genuine quote from Edwin Poots, who's running to be the new leader of the DUP. But what I want to say before I get into the leader debate and some DUP quotes is genuinely friend of the show, um, avid listener... Um, homophobe and Twitter blocker of myself, Jim Wells, has come out of his um, hibernation to basically be like, here, any chance to let me buy, get my whip back? Which is ironic because he's very you know, against that sort of thing usually. But he's like, can I can I please be part of the party again so I can vote in the leader, please, lads? And everyone's like, fuck away off, Jim, and unblock Dave. That's, why people, that's the actual reason why Jim Wells is in a bit of bother at the minute because the DUP listened to this show. And Jim Wells just mugged himself by by blocking me, so everyone quite rightly has gone, listen, ostracise this piece of shit. And um, it is what it is. So yeah, I was looking up some of the uh, the guys. I mean, of course, guys, because there's going to be no more women running the DUP because that's a bloody shambles. Um, but I was looking up some of the, the quotes from Edwin Poots and Jeffrey Donaldson, and what I came across was a great story of just 17 quotes from DUP politicians that are actually real. You know, you'd imagine it's like, listen, surely these ridiculous comments, fake, true story. Edwin Poots, who wants to be leader of the UP, has said, my view on the earth is that it's a young earth. It was created in 4000 BC. Who made that? Is that a thing, Ben, is it? Creationism? Is it like a belief? Because, I mean, Scientology said that the world was made by a guy fucking planets into like a space alien war zone or something which is very odd um but let me see yeah on blood donations this is back to edwin puts again we're trying to keep edwin puts here 
Edwin Putz was the health minister at the time, and he said, I think the people who engage in high-risk sexual behaviour in general should be excluded from giving blood. Now, what that means, I think, um, oh, wow. <laughs> I was going to say what I thought it meant, but hey, there's more from Edwin. And so, someone who has sex with somebody in Africa or sex with prostitutes, I'm very reluctant about those people being able to give blood. I just want to say, personally, I find that offensive um, from Edwin Putz because there have been times when I've been in Africa and I've been fighting the war against the child soldiers that after I've beaten, you know, an army of child soldiers, I'll go out to, like, the adult nightclubs I'll meet adult people and I'll celebrate by having adult orgies. And I'm sorry um, if that's offensive, Edwin, but my blood is pure. I bleed for Ulster. <laughs> and I want to give you blood. But hey, I'm not allowed to because back in the day, I used to fight kids in Africa. So sly. Um, and then, you know, what, you know what Edwin Poot said about Arlene? I hinted at this earlier. Her most important job was a wife, mother and a daughter. Which, if you remember DP, could be basically with one other man you know you could potentially in many respects be the wife the mother and the daughter of um your husband father and dad um let me see they you know what they are just their quotes are great you know they are they're a great bunch let me see let's what i like dup ben you were telling me earlier that you're an avid voter for the DUP. What in it is it in particular about the DUP that you like? Um, yeah. I mean, can you? Yeah, hopefully, you can bleep yourself out when you say you hate the gays. That's I not. That's not what I agree. And Ben, you may watch your tongue. I'm very. This is a liberal podcast. We need those sort of vile views on here. But listen to what what, what this is. What Ian Paisley Jr. Or for a lot of DUP fans, IPJ had to say um, about the LGBTQ people. I'm pretty. I mean, what the word pretty here's, you know, an important word because realistically, it means a little bit, but no way, not too much. I'm pretty repulsed by gay and lesbianism. I think it's wrong. I think that those people harm themselves, and without caring about it, harm society. Now I don't know whether that's him being like. Uh, I don't know if they care about it, but they harm society, or it's like, yeah, I don't fucking give a fuck, but they harm society. Um, and then what I like about that afterwards, that's like a making a really totally bang out of order comment, and then going, hey, doesn't mean to say I hate them. I mean, I hate what they do, but I don't hate them as people. They could be sound, but I mean, you know, I just don't like all the fucking they do and stuff. Um, and Peter Peter Robinson responding to comments his wife made which by the way one of the greatest moments in history whenever his wife was given off about gay people and promiscuity and extramarital affairs she was just basically riding a full kit you know that was kind of classic but peter robinson has said it wasn't iris robinson my wife who determined that what homosexuality was an abomination it was the almighty so it wasn't her that made gay sex to be uh bad it was um to my damn sister text me during the podcast I'm gonna get my bloody machete and kill her too um, it was God so I mean fair play to it Peter at least he believes what he believes in um, and this is what I, Iris Robinson said oh my god I have not seen this Iris has said I have a very lovely psychiatrist who works with me in my offices and his Christian background is that he tries to help homosexuals trying to turn away from what they're engaged in 
which, by the way, you know, conversion therapy, psychiatry. You know, no more conversion therapy. That's nice. I did a wee sketch about conversion therapy, so my thoughts about that um, are out there. And I mean, you know what? Iris Robinson is just full of quotes. It's, I mean, at the time I felt a wee bit sorry. Maybe, maybe no, I didn't feel I'm lying, trying to sound fair. Um, but I enjoy, I enjoyed that story thoroughly. And never have I been to a cafe more than the Lockkeeper's Cottage because, hey, I love the went on. But um, Iris Robinson's come got even another great quote here. Um, there can be no viler act apart from homosexuality and sodomy. Oh my, I'm not finishing that. She said, there's no viler act apart from homosexuality and sodomy and sexually abusing children. Now, you can see, to a greater or lesser extent, why that may offend some people. Um, I think basically, oh wow. <laughs> I mean, what's great is, there's just a load of different t- people. And then there's quotes about how the DP have slandered all these people on Muslims. <laughs> and this is Peter Robinson again. I'll be quite honest. I wouldn't trust them in terms of those who have been involved in terrorist activities. I wouldn't trust them if they're devoted to Sharia law. I wouldn't trust them on spiritual guidance, but I would trust them to go to the shop for me. <laughs> Listen, I don't, I, don't, I don't like what you're, you think. I don't like what your views are. But if I want to be ten a lilt in a pack of space raiders, where you go, where you go, mucker, you know, on you go, unbelievable. Um, wow, I, I mean, Iris should probably, you know what, Ben, get Iris back in the party, get her running for leadership, because she holds the values that the guys want. You know, she has that. Um, she said basically, procreations through a man and a woman. And that's it. And I, I mean, this is this is in direct quote marks. She says, I fucking hate gays. And I think Iris, too far. Too far. But, you know, she would definitely will. Oh, here we go. Here we go. The last quote. This is a good way to finish it. You know, it's, it's a quote from my um, personal favourite member of the DUP. Um, and that's Jim Wells. The fan of the show... You know, my, my inspirational uh, to many respects growing up. He has said that the facts the facts show... Now, for a start, I'd be keen to see which of these facts are. And the facts show that certainly you don't bring up a child in a homosexual relationship. That a child is... <laughs> a child's far more likely to be abused or neglected in a non-stable marriage. I mean, is there any evidence of that? Now I get from a from a like procreation point of view that necessarily mightn't work. I get that. But you know, that's not to say that same sex couples can't be as good parents as non same sex couples. You can have different sex couples still being awful. You know, you can have terrible parents, abusive families. It doesn't matter about what gender they are, it matters how they are as parents. You know, and but Jim doesn't. Here's the thing: Jim doesn't care. The same way as Jim went on a blocking spree of gay people on Twitter, saw me and was like, "I can tell that guy's gay," and blocked me. Either that, or he's just listened to the podcast and really offended. But I just think, you know, if you're in power nowadays of a society where there are people who are um, Muslim or gay or you know, anything that you... Do, or, 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 or atheist, maybe, because I know DP very religious. Um, you need to welcome everybody. You can't be having guys like this coming out with quotes like this and expecting you to just be like, oh, they're sound, you know? Um, 
oh, what, a, what I love, Sammy Wilson. I want to be careful with how I word this, but Sammy Wilson's the biggest... I mean, I nearly used a very offensive word there, but he's the biggest twat <laughs> there is of all. Like, his behaviour during the COVID crisis, during the pandemic, refusing to wear a mask, saying he wouldn't be muzzled, then having dirty little grubby wee hands. And he's not a gardener, and he's not a mechanic, so clearly he's just been picking his hole all day, so that's rank. But he's been out there going, I won't be muzzled. Or I should have been sacked, really, from the party for that. But you know what he said about climate change, Ben? I don't care about CO2 emissions, to be quite truthful. I think it's a man-made con. You know, so there you have it. That's what the DP are all about. And I mean, listen, I am very much thinking that Arlene Foster will be looked back at on history as one of the great leaders of the DUP because things are going to get really bad, I would say, here for a while because the new guys that are going to replace her will be awful, you know. But see, if it was me, I, I think what I'm saying is, listen... A lot of comedians will come on and they will criticise the DUP. They will say things about them that are slanderous. Obviously, I've not done any of that today. But what I would like to say is I'd like to reach out um, to the DUP and I'd like to say, guys, I am available as a PR consultant. I am happy to come down to you know, DUP headquarters um, and talk to you about PR because I feel very much that the DUP... Need need a new approach. I think they need to be a little bit more, you know, how would you say, Ben, risque maybe? You know, I think they need to mix it up. Like, everyone's expecting the DUP to be very um, staunch and very traditional and, and backward, yeah, to an extent, um, going forward. But I think what they need is get me in. You know, I think they should come out and, and if ask me some questions, Ben, um, that you imagine... The, the, ask, like say I'm the DUP PR guy right ask me any questions about like any of the stuff that you know is prevalent with the DUP and I'll give you my best answers the new PR guy so by the way Jim Wells Jeffrey Dawson Edwin Poots um, they're all sort of sitting along the table for me but without microphones because I'm the PR guy I take the heat Um. so Edwin claims that the world was made a couple of thousand years ago yes Spoof. The thing about Edwin is, right, he doesn't like to admit it, but he's very much into hallucinogenics. So he gets a he gets a little bit, you know, he gets a little bit goofy sometimes. And what we do is we say things that we think are ridiculous just for banter, but really he he knows that the earth is old. You know, it's older than Jesus and it's older than like Mother Teresa and all. Any other questions? Sammy Wilson said that CO2 emissions were not a thing. This is the thing about Sammy. He has a degree of brain damage. Okay? Um, and I mean, if you want to make fun of somebody with a physical disability that has manifested itself in a now mental disability, that's on you. But as PR guy, I think... It's pretty harsh to say that. Any questions about any other topics or? Jim Wells. Yes. Jimmy. Jimmy. Yes. Jim said, I mean, I think what Jim said was if there are two guys bringing up a child, just two fellas, two friends, I think is what he said, that, you know, because it's they aren't married, because they're just muckers, 
that, you know, there wasn't the same stability. I think that's all he meant. I think because two mates can't, you know, bring up it. So, Jim, what Jim's saying is like, you ask the question, would you rather bring up a child with your your children? Would you rather them be brought up with your wife or with me? So if you and I were be to just bring up your kids, who would you rather have? I mean, well, to your to your current environment. So I, you're you're married, yeah. I would get rid of your wife, and I would come and live in your house, sleep in your bed, raise raise your kids. Would you? Would that be uncomfortable for you? No. So you mean after this today, we will leave this press conference. I'll go to your house, and I will take your wife out of the house, put her in the back of a van, send her to Balmina with all the other DP guys. I'll just get in the bed with you, and then raise your children. You'd be up for that? Let's try and see. There we go. Happy days. That's all he was saying. You know, but to him, what he was saying, because I said to him, I said, Jim, listen, your wife, and he said, and he went like this, he went, my wife, yes. And I went, what would you do if I came in your house, Jim, and I just threw your wife in the back of a van and I hopped in bed with you? And he went, oh, horrible. And I went, well... There you go. It wasn't homophobic. I think it was just more the fact that he likes his wife. Obviously, you don't like your wife. He likes his wife, and he doesn't want me in bed with him. You know, nothing to do with gayness or nothing like. Any last questions just before we depart here, guys? I think that might be yeah. Well, you know what I mean. What I'm going to say is abortion. There you go. That's the DUP stance on abortion. The DUP think abortion is a word, and that word is abortion. Thank you. And I'm the new PR guy for the DUP. So any questions, there you go. And like, see if you were to say to me, what's my strategy going forward for the DUP? I think what there should be is glory holes at more offices, and we'll say no more about it. And how long do you reckon I would last as the main PR guy for the DUP? How long are you talking there for? Um, probably like a minute. Probably about half that. Nice. Well, listen. Pussy. I need to call Pussy there. Pussy. If you want me to, you know, Pussy, if you want me to be your PR man, holler at your boy Donaldson. You already have my number because we actually play blackjack together, but we'll not worry about that. Speaking of blackjack, there's some other alternative things going on over my Patreon, which is patreon.com forward slash Sly Guy Podcast with Dave Elliott or just Sly Guy Podcast I mean it's just whatever but over there we have a bonus weekly podcast every single week which is a wee bit more interesting a wee bit more in depth and uh, there's more sort of um, listener interaction it's primarily based on questions so it's a nice time you know there's more behind the scenes info and things like that so check that out there's also bonus series the Serial Killing a Podcast which I'm going to get back on track and finish because it gave me gave him my word I just haven't got around that yet because hey life you know, people are always like, Dave, you're a busy man, you've got your family, you've got a job, you work here, you do this, you're so busy. And then, how come you took on to be in the new PR guy of the DUP? Listen, some people have to come and clear up their mess, and that's why the podcasts have been a little bit slower. But listen, we'll get back on track. We'll be fine. Don't worry about it. Don't stress yourself. Um, it's all good. But become a patron, because it's all popping off over there. It's very sexy, and Ben shares nudes. So, you know, just do that. It's a good time. If you haven't already done it, please rate and review the podcast. Um, that helps get it up the charts. And the more people that see the podcast, the better chance the podcast has of doing something. And, you know, like I was going to say, and then I can leave my job and Ben, you can leave you. Ben, Ben, I see I said to him, listen, Ben, I go to him, Ben. 
if I can get rid of your wife and I can come live in your house and raise your kids and share your bed, would you quit your job for me? And he said no. And I said, what if I paid you more than you make for your job? And he said no. And I went, okay, I'm going to quit my job. So I'm going to quit my job and you're going to keep working your job. So that was like more of a a test to see how committed you were to the podcast, Ben. But you, you proved yourself um, as being a lot less committed than me. So now I don't have a job, I have a family to look after. See, what I'm saying is I need you, need you, need your patrons, you know, and I need you there because without you, I'm going to end up homeless, yeah. But yeah, by the way, I'm not actually quitting my job until New Year, so don't worry about it. But yeah, do become a patron. It is a fun time. Also, speaking of fun times, if you haven't already, get tickets to my Ulster Hall show. Um, I'm just going on the Ulster Hall website right now as we speak to look at the ticket sales and guess what they are selling even better than last week i've sold a few more and it's all gravy yeah baby let me see how many four plus nine plus 10 11 12 13 14 15 16 17 18 tickets left in the middle of the ground that's the main bit if they go happy days it means that all the rest will go soon after. So if you want to come and see what's going to be the best stand-up show of the year, guaranteed by me, because, hey, I'm doing it, and I've already written it, and it's great, go get your tickets. Ben, can you pop that up on the screen there too, just so people can see? Look, grey is all sold out. Green, still there, but grey's all gone. So hurry up, get your tickets. Let's let's get rid of all the greens. I'm, and you know what? I'm back in the PR mode again from the DUP. Green's out. Let's have a future. Northern Ireland is 100 years old. Let's celebrate that. Let's celebrate another 100 years by getting the greens out. Let's just make it all grey because that's what we say. You know, disclaimer, I am a a half a Jaffa. My mum is a Catholic and my dad is an orange bastard. Yeah, so I can say that. All right. Um, Yeah, and guys, if you haven't already... Please rate and review. Please do whatever else. Have I said rate and review? Have I said Patreon? I've said Ulster Hall. I've lost a run on myself because I've got very... I've got a little bit of a hard cock, Ben, to celebrate the fact that I'm the new PR guy at DUP. And that's what happens in the DUP. You start saying these wild things and they start coming out of your mouth. You start feeling great. You start feeling wild. And you just can't wait to say more wild, preposterous things. So, guys, now I'm in the DUP. Expect a lot more interesting content coming from the podcast. But what one thing I will say is, is that the podcast would not be able to happen if it wasn't for the sponsors that we welcome every week, that love us, that I love back. And guys, I'm delighted to say that the podcast is brought to you by Bebe Adrianos. As you all know by now, we're big fans of Bebe Adrianos here on the Sly Guy podcast. Bebe Adrianos is a multi-award winning burrito bar on the high street of Bangor, the North Down Gold Coast. God's country, heaven and earth, DP land, except Alliance One, but you will not mention that. You can get burritos, burrito bowls, fajitas, and if you're a physique guy like me, you can get burritos, burrito bowls, and fajitas all at once. You're in bulk mode, baby. Or if you're just a wee bit weak, you can also get a salad too, because that's it. They cater for everything. Unhealthy food, very healthy food. It's all up to you. You create the bowls, you create the meals. It's all about that delicious food, baby. You can choose from any of their fillings, which is vegetarian, chili con carne, chicken, beef, or pulled pork, with delicious salsas. It's tomato, sweet corn, salsa verde, or habanero salsas. Mmm, delicious. They also have a delicious range of box meals, as you can see in the corner. There, we actually have had a box meal 
in there since we started promoting the podcast, so it's probably not as delicious as it would be if you got it fresh. But hey, who cares? They have their trademark dirt box, which Ben eats every night because he's a dirty bastard. And that's half chips, half rice, chicken, chili con carne, beef, pulled pork, peppers and onions, tomato salsa, sweet corn salsa and cheese with a choice of your sauce. And then, of course, it wouldn't be a sponsorship of the Slag Eye podcast without a major shout out to our favourite food from Bebe Adriano's. And that is, of course, the dirty cock and cow box, which is marinated steak, Mexican chicken fries, sweet potato fries, peppers, onions, tomato and corn salsa, and lettuce with the choice of your sauce. And hey, if it's coming from me, it's a smoked paprika, baby. That's what I'm having. For 10% off your first order, download the Bebe Adriano's app or call 0289147998. That's 0289147998. And then when you go in to collect your order, Say you heard about it here on the Sly Guy podcast and Big Davey sent you. Oh, ah, shite, bollocks. Those are screams that I used to make when I cut myself. Oh, sorry, I didn't see the comma there. Shaving before I knew about Manscaped. All you need to know is you need to try this for yourself. Pubes are so last year. I actually used to have pubes. Do you know that, Ben? Many moons ago, I used to have pubes. I grew my pubic hair. Then I learnt that if you shave off your pubic hair when you're going to fight child soldiers in Africa, they see you and they'll be like, oh, is that like a big doofus child? that just got like, oh, what's a big naked child doing over there? That's not an adult. He won't be any risk. And then, bam, machete up the side of the grill. And that's all thanks to Manscaped. <laughs> oh... Manscaped with the Lawnmower 3.0. It's beautifully designed to reduce painful nicks and tugs in your balls and cock. So whenever you want to make yourself look like a giant child to attack child soldiers, you need Manscaped. Um, get 20% off a free shipping with the code SLYGUY at manscaped.com. That's 20% off a free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code SLYGUY. It's always the right tools for the job. The Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0 has been beautifully designed to reduce the pain and tugs. It's got skin-safe technology to keep your bad boys nice and neat. The engineering team are mentally disabled over the fact that they just need the most modern technology. I didn't mean to say mentally disabled. I meant completely mad. Ah, They're obsessing Ugh. over the technology to not cut balls. Like People go to bed at night being like, how am I going to pay for my family's bills when I leave my job and I do this full time as a job? How am I going to put food on the table for them? But Manscaped go to bed going, how do I make a pubic hair disappear off a ball bag and that's why they are the number one guys of bollock grooming experience across the world they spent the last 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created lawnmower 3.0 it's premium and bitches i mean premium the battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave it's got waterproof so you can shave when you're in the sea swimming sometimes I like to go in the sea, not to swim, but I like to go in the sea if I'm trying to approach, say, the the Côte d'Ivoire. If I'm trying to swim up on the Ivory Coast and I'm trying to just come out of the water to attack those child soldiers, I do that by keeping myself shaved underwater with the lawnmower 3.0. It's got an LED light as well. Oh my God, what is the future? But hey, that's all you need to know. Manscaped have got the great trimmers. They've also got a nice wee... Uh, 
fucking cologne there for your body. I don't know what a cologne is because I'm not American. Imagine it's an aftershave. But spray it in your body makes you smell nice. We've got ball wipes, ball deodorant, loads of other. They're a bit, it's a bit much. You know, it's a wee bit much, to be fair. They're just all, if you want to just touch your balls and dick a lot more without being a weirdo, go to manscaped.com. Get 20% off of free shipping with the code SLYGUY at manscaped.com. That's 20% off free shipping with the code MANSCAPE. And use use the SLYGUY code. There are other podcasts out there. They have, you know, every other podcast in the world is sponsored by Manscaped. But not every other podcast has a guy that's quit his job trying to feed his family. So please help me. The podcast is also brought to you, as usual, in association from the day one ride or die bitch that is Modest Beer. Modest are an independent brewery crafting small batch beers for discerning drinkers. Ben, what does discerning mean? Please look that up. I have no idea. I say it every week in this podcast and I don't know what discerning means. I always thought it was concerning, like you're concerned, but I don't know. What's it mean? Having or showing good judgment. Oh, so having or showing good judgment. So discerning drinkers drink modest. Discerning podcast listeners listen to Slag Eye podcast. It's brewed and canned right here in Hollywood County Down. They are on a journey with one clear goal in mind. And that's to bring exceptional brews to the local craft beer market. Modest are not here to revolutionise the movement. No, just to be a part of it with a brand that is joyous, responsible, hey, and of course, modest. Mm. If you're keen to know more about these guys, contact Modest Beer on Instagram or Facebook or tag them on Twitter, at Modest Beer, or www.modestbeer.co.uk to find out your nearest stockists. Ben, I've been talking for 49 minutes, I make it. What have you got? It's about the same. Crazy. John Joe Flood has said, on a scale of one to fuck's sake, how shite was Line of Duty? Mm. That's not When you haven't watched any Line of Duty yet? No. I would go as far as to say, I thought the last episode of Line of Duty was a little bit shit. It was a little bit of an anticlimactic finish to what was a superb series. But... Here's the thing, I think the last episodes of every series of Line of Duty are wick. Because they do that ending where they have just like the subtitles as if they just couldn't be arsed to do another 10 minutes. They just did another 10 minutes and ended it rather than just showing you like pictures of people and being like, she lives in a wee cottage with her girlfriend now. You know, it would be much better. And I think the problem for people is they've built up over the last six series is over 10 years about this super mastermind, the fourth man, H, and it's just Buckles, you know, Buckles is a big fucking dumb, dumb bastard, and like, you, it's like, you are the mastermind behind this, yeah, I'm the mastermind behind this, that's the worst accent ever, i trying to do a, 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 an accent from, uh, the, the Bingham. was that like a Bingham? oh, I'm not the last man, mate, no, I've not, really, does that sound Berman to you, no? No, what what did it sound like? Birmingham, I'm a peaky blinder. I'm fucking peaky blind. I'm fucking bubbins. I'm fucking bubbins. I'm buckles. Yeah, right, I'm buttles. My name's Buttles. If Paul Gascoigne played Buckles, that'd be a character. I right, my name's Buttles. I'm fucking the fucking man. I'm fucking of H. That's me, I, Gascoigne. Because that's how you... That, the letter letter H is the, the first letter of me surname, Gascoigne I. Um, but it was just wick. It was a disappointing finish. But hey, I think some of the previous episodes were probably some of the greatest episodes of drama on, in the history of television. So, I mean, I, I can forgive them for the final episode. Uh, it got us so excited that 12 million people 
tuned in to see the final episode. And I mean, that's actually the second highest number grossing figure-wise of any entertainment show other than this podcast. So, I mean, fair play to the guys getting um, those figures. But listen, you know, it was, it was a bit underwhelming, but there will be another series. You don't get 12 million viewers and then pack it in. Jed Mercurio is all about that dough. You know, he's all about that dough. That's an open-ended finish, and there there will be more. Um, Andy has said, did you hear about this Russian guy who got trapped in a Chinese version of Pop Idol? Do you think that uh, you'd win that competition as the Spanish resort entertainment character? Um, the Spanish singers, I don't know. Feliz Navidad, Feliz Navidad, Feliz Navidad, Porpero Año y Felicidad. Probably. Um, how do you get trapped in a Chinese reality show? Vladislav Ivanov says that he regretted his decision to join. I mean, I love what the Chinese... Like, we've got Pop Idol X Factor. The Chinese just straight up call it Produce Camp 2021. <laughs> a Russian man who joined a boy band competition on Chinese TV on a whim has quickly regretted the decision. He's finally been released from his ordeal after making it all the way to the final. Vladislav Ivanov, a 27-year-old part-time model from somewhere... Um, was working on the show Produce Camp as a translator when the producers reportedly noticed his good looks and asked him to sign up. He told the programme... Um, I've not told the programme he had been asked if I'd like to try a new life. I mean, what a question. Hello, would you like to try a new life? I mean, that's not Chinese accent, that's just a camp guy, all right? Um, if you, would you like to try a new life? I'd be like, I mean, did I get any more info than that and they're like come with me to produce camp to find out yeah i don't know why it's german come y'all come with me to produce camp and say it's gonna be cool um but obviously whenever he got propositioned by this chinese guy you'd like to try a new life he went yeah sounds good but he quickly came to regret the decision unable to leave on his own without be breaching contract and paying a fine he instead began begging viewers to send him home and deliberately performed poorly in the hope of being voted off <laughs> In the program, the concept which originated in Korea pits young performers against others to train to eventually form. I mean, this is how great it is. Like normally here, be like, listen, we're doing a we're, we're doing um a making the band. It's going to be five boy band members in one band. Hey, in China, young performers coming together to train and eventually form an eleven member international boy band chosen by the voting public. Ivanov and his fellow contestants were sequestered into dorm rooms on the Hainan Island and their phones reportedly confiscated. Listen, Chinese do it, right? Like these guys have they know what to do. They they just they have they like I mean, I'm a guy that's got a puppy dog, it's pretty naughty. In China they would just make it in the stew and I love that. It's respectful. They just do what they want. Um he's using a stage name Le Lush, Ivanov told view- viewers, Don't love me, you'll get no results. I mean that's a quote that I've used to my wife many times. Don't love me, you'll get no results. And repeatedly pleaded with people not to vote him. His first song was a half-hearted Russian rap, in stark contrast to his high pop of his competitors. Please don't make me go to the finals, I'm tired, he said in a later episode. I hope the judges won't support me, while all the others want to get an A. I want to get an F, it stands for freedom. His pleas went unanswered, however, as he's propelled through three months of competition and ten episodes, plus supplemental digital content. A fan base which had taken this grumpy anti-celebrity persona were also perhaps driven by, um, I don't know what this is, they were urged to vote him out and let him get out. Let me see what he's, what he's available to do here. Oh, shit. He's so raging. 
mean, he absolutely hates that, but people are loving it. Um, you know, you know what his nickname was in China. We don't have a guess what a guy it's kept um, against his will is known as in China. Does it? Does your media nickname the most miserable wage slave? <laughs> yeah, it's so great. Um, after making it to the final, Ivanov grumpily ate a lemon on camera and said that he hoped people would not support him, saying, "I'm not kidding. Let me go home, please." Oh wow! Reports for of a captive Russian. Uh, well, basically, they've gone to the government in Russia, being like, "This guy's being kept in China as a slave, but he's been released, and now he's ke- killing it." So yeah, that is a great story, and I really, I really enjoy that, Andy. Thank you very much for sharing that. Um, Red thirteen, the big red dog with a fake face. It says, "Why is the Shane Todd show called the Shane Todd show and not the Shane Todd and Dave Elliott show?" Well, I imagine it's because it was called the Shane Tocho and he loves his own name. And then I just got invited on it when it was already existing. So that's probably why. And I don't really care about that. Um, Michael Kerr said, hey, dad, did you get up up, over, up to much over the bank holiday? I mean, you, sw- you call me dad. Am I your dad, Michael? Can you please come and we'll do... Ben, Can you can do paternity tests, can't you? Get, we'll get you in, Michael, we'll get you to do a paternity test, and if I'm indeed your dad, I'll adopt you, and you can come and live with me and Ben in our new same-sex couple. Um, Aaron has said, whoa, soul-destroying, deep, dark depression, or the like. I mean, as for questions or topics, but I mean, if you want to talk about soul-destroying, deep, dark depression, or the like, I would say maybe, Aaron, you could just maybe... Have a chat with some of your friends or your family if that's how you're feeling. Um, because I certainly don't want to get into great detail about deep, dark depression. Because, I mean, no one wants to talk about deep, dark depression. It's sly and it's sad. So, I mean, if you're feeling down in the dumps and you're not too great, maybe go and see your doctor, get medical assistance or speak to family. I know anytime I've been feeling down, it's nicer to share it. A problem shared is a problem halved. Hopefully you are not feeling that way and you're just being a facetious little ball bag. I'd appreciate that. And if you are feeling really bad and down the dumps, I apologise for calling you a facetious little ball bag. Um, and the last question, Naomi, I'm sorry you've sent me a link to uh, Art Attack on YouTube, but I've just played something on YouTube, so I can't play another thing on YouTube. Otherwise, we'll be taken off YouTube, and that's it. Speaking of YouTube, if you haven't already subscribed to the channel, please do. We're trying to move things over there more. We'll put more content out um, as and when, and we're going to start doing more things as well, Ben, aren't we? Yeah, woo! So Nels, with the last question today, said, thoughts of the line of Judy ending? I thought it was very sly. Um, yeah, I think everyone was disappointed by that, but listen, for me, I kind of enjoyed the fact it was Buckles, because, you know, they're trolling us, you know, by the way, so there you have it. Guys, that was another interesting episode. We, we sort of went from having a dull week into having a nice podcast. So hopefully you enjoyed it. Please, you know, share it out there. Anytime people share it on Instagram stories, it does help. The visibility of seeing the podcast attracts people to listen to it. Ben, are we going to have any clips this week, do you reckon? Yeah. Nice. Guys, just remember, if you want a future for everybody, vote DUP. Peace. I'm the slack guy